Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 5th, October 19th, 2021. 19th, man, time goes by so fast. Okay, as you know, we're now into the um, fourth quarter of 2021. And uh, earnings season, we're deep into the earnings season. It's doing pretty well. So we're going to get into some of those details in a little bit. What it, What is it going to look like by this quarter, this this fourth quarter? Well, we'll get into that, too. I think it's kind of interesting, and it's important to where the market might go. Even though we have, you know, um, uh, problems with inflation, we have problems with COVID still, even though that seems to be fading, and we have supply chain problems. Earnings are very good for corporations. Why is that? You know, it's very, it, it, it's historically, inflation is not a bad thing for corporations' earnings. It's a good thing, as long as it's not out of control. On today's program, I always start with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. Uh, well, that means we're going to talk about the market, we're going to talk about stocks, we're going to talk about anything we talk about on this show. Justin and I try to just give you the facts. The plain old everyday facts. Problem with this, facts change a lot. We can give you facts, but they're changeable. The future, for instance, I can tell you what the company's doing today. That doesn't mean they're not going to change what they're going to do tomorrow. Or the economy change, or the prospects of a certain industry, or whatever. Think about it. Think about the energy energy and energy industry and how their prices are skyrocketing and natural gas. Uh, coal, oil, and the, the prices are sharply increasing. And there's not much difference than a year ago other than demand went up. We still have, remember how many, I kept talking about for several years, we got plenty of supply, plenty of supply. And all of a sudden, we don't have plenty of supply. What happened? See, facts change. You got it, because circumstances change. So we just got to be a little flexible, that's all. This, but we will do our best here on this show to give you the facts. We will. Okay, um, what did the market do today? Well, it was pretty interesting. The Dow was up 199 points. So that was a pretty good deal, pretty good day for the, the Dow. NASDAQ up 107, and the S&P up 33. So all three indexes were up uh, between a half and three-quarters of a point. Okay. Let's go to Bill in Fremont. How you doing, Bill? I'm okay, Steve. How are you? Good. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Sure. I, uh, first, I'd like to say I really enjoy your uh, trivia questions. That's really interesting. Uh, well, a couple you. years ago, you yeah, you, you told us, John, I, I used to deliver in that area. I probably crossed this path a dozen times. I that one about Steve Jobs. That was a really good one. Okay, so, good. 
I'm glad you like yeah. them. We'll um, keep doing them. Yeah, sure. Great. Um, the reason I'm calling is uh, my 401k plan, uh, they just transitioned to another plan mm-hmm. where I work. Uh, they were at MetLife, uh, John Hancock, and I, I think John Hancock took over the whole thing. I don't know all the specifics, but my question is they uh, when they transitioned about three months ago, they haven't been contributing on a weekly basis. They've been doing it on a monthly basis, and even at that, they've been sporadic. Um, I know I'm concerned about them being sporadic. I call them and everything. I get no questions. But if they do go on a month-to-month basis, uh, is that a good thing? I don't know. Should I be concerned about being contributed to it weekly? Well, you should. they should be contributing. Okay, they're matching you somehow. You're putting in a certain percentage, and they put in a certain percentage. Is that how it's working? Uh, no, they don't put in anything. We have a... Um, a pension plan, so my, they're not going to put anything in our 401k, too. So it's just but you. I, I, I've done really well. So, yeah, it's just me, right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and are you doing it on a per cha- paycheck basis? Every paycheck you get, you take a certain percent and put it in the 401k? Exactly, and I'm, I'm maxing it out. I'm 61, so I am maxing it out. And I you're saying they're not. On my paycheck. You're telling me they're yeah. not putting that money immediately in right That's when you correct. make? Okay, that's wrong. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That is totally yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's wrong. That money, yeah, remember, I have payroll too, right? And I, I contribute yeah. for my employees. They contribute. We met, That money goes in. The day that the payroll comes out, that money goes into their account. Now, I got to move it in or my payroll company has to move it into their account, okay? But it's right. done the day of the payroll. It's done all at the same time. There's no delay. That's, there shouldn't be any delay. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't know how many phone calls I've made. I've called them. They had a three-month transition. They let us have experience in case something happens on the transition process, you know, to monitor and all that, no hacking, all that. But it, I've been make, making phone calls. I can't get a straight answer. I'm ready to pull it out and find somewhere else to go. <laughs> who's who's the, Who does that payroll? Do they do it themselves? Well, they got, the lady in HR just quit. She was doing all right, uh, but she wasn't catching up on it. She said there was problems. I can't remember all that, what, what she said, but... You know, I called around. I just can't get a straight answer out of anybody. So it's uh, not done by like pay, yeah. it's not done like by yeah. paychecks or one of those big firms. Then, yeah, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I I I want to make uh, money on the contributions, not them. I yeah. think that's what they're doing, making interest yeah. on it or something. I don't or, know. Or they they have a problem with their cash flow, or they're stupid. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but, exactly. Yeah. There should not be any problem. I, 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 boy, I think you're right. You got to, that would bother me a lot because that's not right. Yeah, that's really not right. Been, oh God! Thanks. I guarantee you, I am concerned. You know, yeah. I'm putting a lot of money into it. I'm maxing out. I want to make sure in two years I have play in and not playing games with my money. So yeah, All you right, got to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, Bill. Yeah, that's that's a concern. It shouldn't be happening. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's bad. My focus point today concerns a story how key countries are responding to the global energy crisis. Why do we even have one? But we do. Hmm, interesting. So demand is increasing because the pandemic is, is falling away. And we don't have enough energy worldwide. Hmm. That's going to be the talking point, main talking point. Other topics I want to discuss. Earnings. I want to talk about earnings. We're in the earnings season. I want to talk, give you some facts, some numbers. Goldman Sachs says they see a substantial slowdown in the economy in 2022. What the hell does that mean, a substantial slowdown? What does that mean? What are they talking about? And you know Foxcom, 
If you don't know Foxconn, Foxconn is a huge company out of Taiwan that basically assembles most of uh, 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 Apple's phones. Foxconn is going to be making cars. They already have three models out. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Electric vehicles. The electric vehicle market's going to be flooded with electric vehicles because everybody's trying to get on it. I'm talking about non-auto companies trying to get on it. So on this big, huge move toward electric vehicles, I still have lots of concerns about electric vehicles. Not about, not about the vehicle itself. That's not my concern. My concern is how are we going to power these cars? We're already on it. Well, look at that. I'm talking about the energy crisis we're having the, you know, right now. What happens when you have millions, hundreds of millions of cars running on electricity? How are they going to get it? How are you going to charge it? How are you going to charge those batteries? And then, you know, there is no real solid infrastructure about we're going to have hundreds and millions of batteries that are going to hit landfills or something. Now, they're going to have to be recycled. No one's really paying too much attention to that. There are some recycled companies. I know that. But not on the, this is going to be a big issue. Big issue. There's going to be. Yeah, there's things that have not been addressed. We'll see. My trivia question today, okay, uh, has to do with stock markets and numbers, but I bet that many people won't know the answer. That's coming up at the halfway point, everybody. Here on Vest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Justin Klein and I are always happy to explain our methodology. Well, we don't explain everything because, you know, we got to hold something back for our clients and how it works. You know, we'll explain it. You can send a message through our investtalk.com anytime. But for now, the phone lines are open and we're taking your calls. 888-99-CHART. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a role over 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. The good news? You can get unbiased guidance on demand from InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. Listen live or download the free podcasts. And now the phone lines are open. Your questions are welcome. Call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Steve calling in from Mission Viejo, California. My question is on ticker symbol PLBY, Playboy. I picked this up probably early this summer, and it's come down quite a bit since then, about 40% over the last six months. I do like the company from a long-term hold perspective, but given the decline, what is your recommendation? Would you hold on to this and, and look for it to make a comeback, or would you cut losses? Appreciate the insight. Thanks so much. Well, it's done really well the last couple of weeks. I mean, last couple of days, up 22%. So it had a really good couple of days. The, the, uh, this provides product, services, experiences related to pleasure and leisure with flagship brand Playboy. So they're one of the world's best-known brands out there. We own this in one of our managed accounts. Sales growth has been very strong, 44% in the most recent quarter. That was June. We haven't got this month's this quarter's numbers, 34% growth before, 118% before that, 83% before that. All this is growth for the last two, three years. It's a $1.3 billion company. Um, so it's a growth company. You're buying this for growth. Management owns 5%. Mutual funds are it went from 18 a year ago, 18 funds owning Playboy to 157 today. So uh, it's going to make $0.46 cents next year. Okay, and that'll be, the, they've lost 21 cents. They're going to lose 21 cents this year. So you're buying the growth is what you're buying. Looks like it put in the bottom to me. And if I, you know, we're, we're going to hold on to it. Because it's put in a bottom. The bottom is right around $20, uh, $20, $21. It's at $27.73 now. And it's been up, you know, 12% in the last two days. So, I kind of, you know, volume has picked up greatly. I think I think this is where you want to hold on to it, not sell it. P-L-B-Y, everybody. Okay, let's play another caller question. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. I was just wondering, can you recommend a couple of good books for starting out investors slash intermediate? I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm just trying to learn more about the stock market. Thank you. Okay, yeah, we have a book list on our website, you know, so there are book lists. But let me, you know, some of the, for the beginners, uh, One Up on Wall Street, um, there's a number of pretty easy books to read. Um, um, I like One Up on Wall Street because I, because it's simple. It's a simple book to read. But there's really good books out there. And I also recommend not just reading books, about investing and how to pick stocks or buy stocks. There's a book out there, I don't know if it's still in publication, called A Thousand Miles from Wall Street. I like that book. It's easy to read. Um, um, but I also like philosophy kind of books. Now, don't don't worry. It's not like, you know, the, uh, you can't understand the philosophy. But more like uh, um, um, the... Badness of Crowds book. It's called the. Uh, oh, I forgot the whole title. It'll come to me again in a minute. I also I also like uh, books on uh, methodologies for investing. Not necessarily how to pick stocks or anything, but how the how psychology works in stock markets. And they're not. There's some really good books out there. They're not complicated to understand. But I would suggest you go to our book our book list on our website investtalk.com. I hope you're telling your friends and family members about us, about Invest Talk, and I want to thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. It really makes me feel good that people do like the show. And I really want to be a help 
Justin and I, we want to be helpful. If we're not helpful, you have to let us know because we'll change the direction of the show to, to be helpful. So give us a call, 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, my focus point today concerns the story, how key countries are responding to global energy, the global energy crisis. Are we having a global energy crisis? Well, we are apparently because demand is picking up so fast, supply can't or won't or purposely not. I'm talking about OPEC. They could open up the floodgates and they don't want to. I'm talking about Russia and natural gas. They kind of said, well, maybe we'll help out. Maybe we'll punt some more. I mean, I would not, tr- I would not rely on Russia, but much of Europe is relying on Russia. First of all, I was talking about China. China has said has given permission or make mandate, you know, how they just make demands of their economy to pump more, uh, take more coal out of the ground. Mongolia has lots of coal uh, deposits, and they're telling them, take it out, get out, because because China does not have a lot of natural gas deposits. You know who has lots of natural gas deposits? It's us. We are like, we have huge, we have, I read some time ago we have a 500-year supply of natural gas in the ground if we ever want to tap it. We are tapping it, of course. And I talked to you last week or the week before about the uh, liquefied natural gas, LNG, terminals being built uh, in in the Gulf here in the United States to ship that stuff to China. Remember I said that there's five major Chinese companies trying to get our natural gas, and I kind of like it because it kind of makes them dependent on us. But China said they're going to going to take more coal out of the ground because they need it. Of course, that's going to push back any kind of attempt to have clean air out of China. You talk about a mess. You know, they're, 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 they're super dirty. Europe, Europe does not have a lot of oil or gas so that's why they rely a lot on the um, the supplies coming through Russia and are going to make them dependent and another reason why we want LNG here so we can supply Europe as a secondary source or even a primary source but Europe is in a bigger bigger mess England especially uh, the North Sea uh, production has been going down for years and they're, you know, how are you going to replace that? No one wants to use coal. Remember, coal's dirty. So no one wants to use that. Okay. Okay. Fine. How are you going to replace it? You got to replace it. Got to replace it with something. Everybody says, well, what about solar? What about wind? Well, you know how, you know how, <laughs> there's not a lot of sun in, in Northern Europe. Okay. Especially in the winter. Yeah. So how about wind? Well, there's lots of wind generation going on in Europe, but it's also fickle. Wind doesn't always blow. 
what's what's left? What is one of the most cleanest energy sources we have, and that's nuclear. And that that boils down to politics. Who knows? Yeah, I can't tell you. But there is a real problem. India has big problems all, all across the country, all across the world. There's not enough energy. Not enough energy. So, yeah, and of course, the green movement wants us to move away from our typical energy sources, oil and natural gas. I don't think that's possible. Let's pivot back to another voice paint call. Here's one that came in earlier. Yeah, my name is Eric, and I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Wondering about buying UPS. I think it looks pretty solid in its fundamentals, but just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Also interested in your thoughts on SoFi as a trading platform. It's something that I've been using recently, and just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about UPS. United Parcel Service System delivers packages and documents throughout the United States and in over 220 countries and territories worldwide. $168 billion company, huge. Growing 14% the most recent quarter, that was June. We don't have this this most recent quarter number, the third quarter. We don't have that yet. 27% before that, 21, 16, 13, 5, and 4. So it's done very well from the COVID because less shopping, but more online shopping, more deliveries, and that helps UPS and FedEx and, of course, Amazon, right? So let's, uh, it's a $193 stock. They're going to make $11.21 this year, up 36%, and $11.71 next year. That's 4% more on a $193 stock. Okay, so is that a good P.E. ratio for UPS? Well, let me take the number. 193 divided by, you know, the earnings, $11.71, and you come up with a, a P.E. ratio of 16.4 for next year. Well, what do they normally sell for? Between 11 and 22. So it's right in the middle. It's neither a bargain, neither a bargain or expensive. Yeah, not for me because I don't, th- I don't think it's enough of a bargain. Best stock listeners are invariably interested in the stock markets, and depending on their portfolios, some people may have only a few stocks, while others may have a higher amount. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Approximately how many companies are listed on the U.S. stock exchanges? You know? After the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I want you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in 
patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, I have the answer for you, but I remembered my two books I really like uh, titles and I haven't read them in a while, but Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, which talks about the psychology of people and why we have bubbles in the marketplace, uh, and Creative Destruction, kind of how our system works. Both those books are excellent books. Okay. The trivia question. Okay. Um, how many companies are listed on the U.S. stock exchanges? Do you think it's more or less than 10, 20 years ago? Okay. What do you think? Well, approximately how many companies are listed? They peaked to at 8,000 companies sometime in the mid to late 1990s. And depending on your data source, the number of companies publicly listed on the U.S. exchanges has steadily declined. In 2016, according to Credit Suisse, um, the quick, big Swiss bank, that number got down to 3,600. As of 2020, it's closer to 6,000 on the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ. And in historical context, the number of listed companies today are about 5,000 less than it was in the late 1990s. 
What happened to all the companies? Did they just disappear? No. There are two ways companies disappear off the stock exchange. Pretty simple, really. First, they are one public company is bought by another company. Consolidation. Happens all the time, doesn't it? Another is a company is taken private. A big uh, bank or somebody else buys a whole company and takes it off the exchange. That's two ways it happens. So it's that's where they go. That's where these companies go. It's not like they don't necessarily disappear, go out of, out of business, which does happen, of course. But they either consolidate or they're bought privately back into the private market again. Okay, so that's what we have. So you have about oh six thousand or so listed stocks out there. So when you look at the Dow Jones Industrial 30, that's only 30 stocks. That index is only 30 stocks. Look at the S&P 500. That's only 500 stocks. NASDAQ 100. It's only 100 stocks. So it's not the whole market. It doesn't represent most of the market. Well, the S&P 500 represents maybe, if you're talking about a market cap uh, basis, about 80% of the market, and the Dow Jones 30, about 20% of the market. You're talking about capitalization, size of the companies. Okay, this is Invest Talk. Here comes a question that came in from a listener in Cleveland. Hi, Dave from uh, Cleveland. Love the podcast, listen to it every night. I'm looking at Verizon Communications. It's been dropping. It's currently at uh, 51.91. I do own it, but I'm looking to add to my position. It's a large cap company, has a yield of 4.9%. Just get your thoughts on it. A good buy point if I bought some more. Thanks again. Bye. The idea, the sales were up in the uh, June quarter, 11%. I think it's going to be better this most recent quarter. But this is Verizon like AT&T. They're huge companies, $200 $200 billion companies. They have trouble growing. I think Verizon probably has better growth prospects than AT&T, but both of them are huge dividend players. AT&T sold off Time Warner uh, and now concentrating and expanding their 5G, which is good. Uh, Verizon is doing the same thing, but they didn't sell off any major portion. Uh, they're going to make $5.30 this year, $5.31 next year, a $52 stock, meaning the PE is below 10. Their five-year range is 10 to 15. Tells me that's a pretty good place to buy. 32% return on equity, cash flow, $9.05. Uh, mutual funds are steady, about 36, 3,700 different funds owning it. I like it here. I think it's a good buy point. I think it's a good buy point. Verizon, VZ, everybody. VZ. Okay, earnings. Earnings are running high, at least so far. They are about 15.4% above expectation. Now, is that a lot? Well, what is the average? Okay, I just told you no. Almost always, the earnings run above expectations because that's how they manipulate us, okay? By saying, oh, well, they'll downgrade expectations before earnings actually come out so they can say, well, we beat beat earnings. So what is the normal beat above expectation? It's 4%, and it's running at 15.4 now, okay? Last four quarters, 18%. The profit margins are near record highs. That's a recipe for a higher stock market, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. I don't. I, 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 not yet. Not yet. 
and of course, you know, I'll, we'll talk about it if we think it's going to happen. I'll tell you. So you got to stay invested. Yeah, now there are certain sectors that are doing better than other sectors, but you got to stay invested. So don't worry about that stuff too much. Okay? I also want to talk about what Goldman Sachs is saying about the economy. That kind of, you know, I don't know, makes me kind of wonder what's going on here. Uh, are they trying to, I feel like I get, I'm being manipulated. <laughs> That's what I feel like. So I, I don't want to, you know, I listen to these people, I read what they report, and then I make up my own mind. And I think that's what you should do. Don't just listen to me. You should make up your own mind about all this because no one really knows. We have we have informed guesses, informed guesses. That's what, we're talking, that's what we really have. So don't think we're, we know everything. Goldman Sachs says they see a substantial slowdown in the economy in 2022. Now, we're in October, in the middle of October, so 2022 is not that far away. Substantial slowdown is the, the, the words that I have focused on. What do they mean by that? And they blame, the, by, by the way, they're blaming on uh, high, sticky inflation, supply chain bottlenecks, okay? Uh, so, but they don't see it, the, fall, the slowdown in growth dramatic in a short period of time, but gradual. So what do you mean? You just said substantial slowdown now, and later on in that same report, they said the slowdown will be gradual. Well, what do you, which one is it? Anyways, they think that GDP for 2021 is going to end up about 4%. I think it's going to be a little higher than that. Uh, they say that what they're looking at is a typical cyclical deceleration of the economy. I can see that. I can I could buy that. But that means next year the economy is going to grow pretty strong too, but just lower than this year. Well, that's kind of natural. We're coming out this year. We came out of COVID shutdown completely from that the year before, right? So of course we have pent up demand and pent up, you know, uh but, but it's just obvious. I mean, it's not kind of obvious. Why did they need to even tell us that? I don't know. I think maybe as I'm getting older, I'm getting more cynical about these Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo analysts. I mean, do they justify their living? Is that how they do this? I don't know. Okay, our end of time listener line number, 888-99-CHART, is the investor's friend. You can get questions in anytime you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's a question that came in earlier. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Barry from Scottsdale. I'm just calling about Bristol-Myers Squibb, ticker symbol BMY. You know, I, I made a good amount of money off this, took profit after it broke trend a while back. Just wondering if you think it might be a good time to get back in and uh, if it's finding some support down here around 57. Let me know what you think. Thank you. Bye. You are correct. It is finding support around $57 a share. It came from a high of 69.75 back in August. So this is part of the correction that the market was making and part of the um, the uh, uh, rotation into other sectors. So is it a good place to buy now? It's $57.59 today. They're going to make $7.47 this year. Next year, $8.01. Okay, so that tells you this stock is really inexpensive, right? I mean, what, 8 P.E.? Well, what's the range? 8 to 23. 
They pay a 3.4% dividend. Return equity is 33%, which is high, as you know. Very good cash flow. Mutual funds are steady. They're slowly buying, but not very much. Uh, I, I think this is a great price, great price for Bristol-Myers Squibbs. BMY develops pharmaceuticals for the treatment of oncology and immune, uh, immune, immune, immune science and cardiovascular and fibrotic diseases. Fibrotic. Uh, I think it's a good price. I think if you want to get into it, this is a good price to get into it. And I think they're going to go higher personally. I just, you know, it's just not the favorite sector right now. But I do think you need to buy stocks when they're on sale. You really do. I'm Steve Peter. You're listening to Invest Talk. And, you know, you're not alone. There were, we have, what, 30, 30, 33 million downloads. And we really appreciate that. And, you know, we want you to, we would like to grow our audience even more. Okay. So while our listener base is largest in the United States, you know, we do have a lot of listeners and fans across the world, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, Japan, China, even China, Switzerland, Russia. Which platform do most Invest Talk listeners use in our download podcast? The Apple ecosystem accounts for 87% of our downloads. The other 7% comes from desktop PCs. That's still only 94. So it's interesting. So Justin and I thank you for downloading Invest Talk and also for telling your family and friends about us. We do appreciate it. It's free, as you know. Please keep those calls coming, calls, questions, emails, messages. Keep them coming. We'll continue to answer the questions. Been doing it for 22, 23 years. Well, that's a long time. Remember, our website, investtalk.com, has a good number of resources available to you to help you with your building your portfolio, building your financial future. It's really important. So if you're unsure how to start, I suggest you take the Riskalyze questionnaire that we have. It's free. It will define for you, define your personal risk comfort zone. How much risk do you want to take? It will help do that. We can refine it together. And, of course, you are welcome to call our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California. We'll help you. We want to help you. We always will help you. So give us a call. There's no obligation of any kind. There really isn't. The number is 888-99-CHART. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about P.E. ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. Steve and Justin are fearless. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Invest Talk. This is Travis. I'm calling about the current and, and ongoing supply chain crisis and wondering how that will affect the railroad industry and seeing if uh, railroad companies like BNSF, Union Pacific, Kansas City Southern would be a good investment. Thank you. I think they would be, um, but a lot of them have already had a good run up. That, so it's, your problem is, is am I going to be able to get them at a reasonable price? And the ch- chances are going to be pretty darn slim, okay, because especially railroads, you know, they can move a lot of product for a very low price when you consider the price of energy, oil, gasoline, 
you know, uh, trucking, you, you know, moving from the ports inland or up and down the coast, you know, is done either by truck or railroads, right? Or from our manufacturers actually in the Midwest, it has to move to the coast. So railroads are ideal for that. And I know, uh, I, I know that they've been moving up and they're kind of pricey at this point. So I don't know if I buy them simply because of that. I don't like to overpay for things. You know I don't. If you listen to the show, you know I hate it. I hate, I don't want to overpay. Do Will I overpay, overpay for something? Yes. If I have pretty, if I'm pretty confident it'll keep going up, I will. But I like to buy things when they're on sale at a bargain price. If I can, you know, if I can be patient enough. So the idea is good. I just think your timing might be off because they've already had a good run up. You can find one that had a nice pullback and has great fundamentals going forward. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea. Okay, let's make it a double play. Two listener questions in a row from our Anytime Listener line. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is Selena from Minnesota. I have a question about USB, U.S. Bank Corp. I took a position um, about a week ago, and I was just curious of your thoughts about it. I like the diversity of services that they offer, the consistent um, dividend that they've been paying, and the potential for forward earnings. Appreciate your insight and looking forward to listening to it on the show. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, this year this year they're going to have some good earnings, $5.13 from $3.06 last year. Next year, that earnings is going to come down. The estimate is down $4.40. Sales are kind of suffering the most recent quarters. Down 3% in this most recent September quarter. They have already reported it's down 3%. I don't like that. I don't. And the, before that was down 5%. Before that was down 14%. Uh, uh, it's a $61 stock going to make $4.40. And to me, that's a, what, 15 PE. And that's kind of in the middle of the higher part of their range, 7 to 17. I think it's too expensive. I wouldn't. It already ran up from a low of about thirty dollars a share back in March of two thousand twenty, and now sixty, sixty-one. No, too late. Still a good company. I just think it's not the time to be in. We're headed into a quick break, but our objectives remain the same. We want to help you achieve financial freedom. You can do it. So our loan phone lines are open. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Good advice. Stick to a well thought out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. And the Invest Talk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. Uh, this is Jimmy from Dallas, Texas. I'm calling in about uh, oil services company Halliburton, ticker XAL. I hold uh, about 5% of my portfolio in Halliburton. And now due to a three cent run, uh, it's growing in my portfolio. So I was wondering if it's a good time to sell or should I wait for, for it to bump up some more before I decide to sell? 
Thank you. Look forward to hearing it on the on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Well, five percent of your portfolio is not out of line. Is not. So uh, if you think the the company prospects Halliburton is still going to continue to grow, you hold on to it. Halliburton provides uh, reservoir completion, drilling services, products worldwide to upstream oil and gas industries. And frankly, I think they're on a, going to be on an upswing. Yeah, I do. Um, um, you know, 5% is a lot, but it's not unheard of. Is it a good value? They're going to make a $1.61 next year, $1.05 this year, $0.65 cents last year. And the sales grew 16% and then 30% this most recent quarter, the ones just reported. So they're doing quite well. Um, it is not cheap anymore. Being twenty six dollars and making a dollar twenty dollar sixty one, it used to be a lot cheaper than that. But that's not overly expensive either. It really isn't. Uh, so, if I bought, if you bought this stock, let's say it's twenty six dollars and you bought it at six dollars, I'd probably take some off the table. I probably would. You know, if you have more than doubled your profits, I'd probably take some off the table. But five percent is not a huge amount of your portfolio. It's not. I mean, sometimes I buy 5% for a stock. So, yeah. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, Foxcom. Foxcom out of Taiwan. They put together, they they take the iPhones all parts and put it all together and da-da, they have factories everywhere, right? They make a lot of iPhones out there. They do other things, too, uh, for other manufacturers, but their biggest customer is Apple. Well, Foxconn partnered with a company, another company, uh, to make, uh, it's called, the company they, they partners with, Yulon Motors, Y-U-L-O-N, Yulon Motors. They have a, and they call it this new venture called Foxtran, Foxtran, T-R-A-N, F-O-X-T-R-A-N. And they have three prototype electric vehicles out already. Okay, three. A sedan, an SUV, and a bus. And apparently they've already sold several of the number of the buses in the Taiwan market. So why am I bringing this up? You do know that Apple may be bringing out an Apple car in 2024. Fox... Com is not a car maker. They never had that. That was Apple's not a car maker. I'm pointing out that there's going to be other kinds of companies getting into the electrical vehicle market besides your regular big uh, car companies. You know, there's going to be tremendous amount of competition in this field at some point. Now, you have to, as an investor, Figure out which ones are going to be the winners and which ones are losers. I guarantee you there'll be losers. There's going to be losers in this whole industry. I like the fact that there's going to be lots of innovation. That's what you're seeing, and I think that's great. More innovation, more different companies trying to get into the market. Fine, I like that. I like it. I want to see it. But that's not good for profit margins because everybody wants a piece of the action. But it is good for innovation. And just like there used to be a heck of a lot more auto companies than GM, Chrysler, and Ford here in the United States, used to be much more than that. Consolidation happens. 
once the market starts to get a little bit mature, we're talking 10, 20, 10, 20, 30 years from now, all of a sudden there'll be less car companies around because they're being purchased, bought, consolidated, and so on and so forth. But right now it's an expansion. Kind of interesting. And you live, we're living in interesting times. So I just thought I would put more on it. Guess what? Let's make that so we're done for again. We're done another day. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we complete another Investile program. And Justin Klein will be here tomorrow. Okay? Please tell your friends or family member about us. So a free podcast download. You can get it at any iTunes and Google Play, Spotify. And we would like you to review and rate us at iTunes if you would. I really appreciate that. Okay? Uh, so, independent thing and share success, everybody. This is Vestock, and have a great evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 